want to praise the Lord tonight for this body of believers right here at Grace Point. And you know, if you agree with me, you can say, yes, amen, or anything like that. It is interesting, every time I go away and I go to other churches and I observe other churches, how they worship and how they behave publicly, and it amazes me how good we have it here. And if you don't know that, you need to get out a little bit. Okay? Because as Christians, it is, inter- it is interesting to see how other people worship. And uh, I don't know, I like to go to the same restaurant over and over and eat the same food. That's just who I am. And when I go to a new restaurant and I eat new foods, I want to go back to the one that I like. In this case, being uh, Grace Point. I want to praise the Lord tonight because Jesus Christ is the center of this church. That's what I believe. Do you agree with me? I have gone to churches and I have been on staff in other churches where gospel music is the center of it. I have been in churches where other things within the ministry are the centerpiece of the ministry of the church, but not at Grace Point. And I praise the Lord for that. Do you agree with me? I've been gone for the last two weeks. And... uh, I've been thinking a lot, a lot about myself. I've been thinking a lot about you while gone. And uh, I, was, I was anxious of coming back this morning and sitting behind the piano and praise, praising and worshiping. And some of the orchestra guys were gone. And I thought, man, I am married to those guys. I miss those guys. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's just a beautiful thing to be in part of the body of Christ because we feed from each other. You know, our needs, our longings, our... All of the stuff that we carry within ourselves. Um, I've been thinking this morning of what Pastor has preached about. He has been preaching about the things that we carry within ourselves. And I've been thinking about each each one of us. And I've been thinking of myself, the thing that I carry about. And I'm not willing to let go. For when Pastor said this this morning... Most of us sat in our pews. And I know because I'm a pastor of this church, I get some of the inside stories. I know some of the things that you're carrying with. And yet we are afraid of coming to the altar and surrendering because of what they might say or think. And that, that is a deception that Satan has put, has put in our minds and in our hearts. And I think it's time for most of us to grow up as Christians. And I don't mean to say I have and you haven't. I am in the same boat with you all. But if we're going to do this, let's go all the way for the glory of the Lord. Amen? I've been driving south with my family. And I like to get up at 3 a.m., get in the car, and I look in the mirror, they're all zonked out in the back, and I'm just driving, having my cup of coffee, cruise at 70 miles per hour, and here I go. I love that. It's a sense of power. (laughs) I got all, I got my wife and all my chicks with me in the same car, and now and then I look in the mirror, they're complaining because my van is too small and they're all too big. I've been driving for the first day for about Ten hours or so. And, you know, you do a lot of thinking while driving on the road. 
I've been thinking that every three hours or so, I have to stop and fuel my vehicle. And if you're like me, I don't like to let the gas tank pass more than a quarter because I'm afraid I'm going to get stranded and nobody will help me. So if I had to stop, I've always fueled the car to the top. I always do that. I have family members that run out of gas on the road, and I just laugh at them when, when they do that. Because <laughs> I just don't get that. I mean, I mean, if you run out of gas, that's a major problem. But it dawned on me that as I stopped to fuel, that I am looking for the Murphy gas station that is part of Walmart, right? Because that's, I always think, is the best price, and it is gas that comes from the U.S. So I'm looking for this stuff every time I stop. Well, driving south, I don't find a Walmart every time, so I settle for second best, for whatever that is, Phillips 66, Shell, or any of those other things. And as I keep driving, and every time I have to stop, I, that becomes second nature to me. I just want to have gas. I want to be refueled so I can keep going. I also noticed that uh, in, you know, we, did more, we put on more than 2,000 miles in our vehicle. So I noticed that every time we stopped, we had to go to the bathroom, buy something to eat, something to drink. And so in this journey, I had to stop often every three, four hours to refuel. Okay? I think we all do that. In one gas station where I stopped, I noticed that after I fueled, I was waiting for my family to come from the bathroom and so forth. And I watched the people around me. This was a uh, large, large gas station. And I noticed that people pulled in, but they wouldn't refuel. Some of them would get out of the car and stretch. Some of them would get their pets out and take them to the grass to do their business. And, and then while I'm waiting for my family, they will get back in their car and leave. I'm telling you, I've been thinking. Then I've been thinking about how many times we do the same thing when we come to church. For we have this innate desire to be, to be refueled, to get a boost for the entire week. And so many times we come to church, we come to worship, we find our seat, and we sit there comfortable. We observe what everyone is doing, and when things are done, we walk out the door and we go out to the world just as we came in. I think we all have the desire to be fed. But you know, you cannot be fed if you don't open your mouth. So many times I hear people complaining, I'd like to find a church where I can be fed. Well, what does that mean? Is the pastor not preaching the word? Because if the pastor is preaching the word, he's feeding you. And I know that God is the centerpiece of this church, so I know that other pastors preach the word. Do you agree with me? And so if you feel like you're not being fed, maybe, hey, get a plate or open your mouth. Because I hear people sometimes saying, ah, you know what, I'm not getting fed. So I've been thinking of all of these things. Somebody in our staff had a brilliant idea of Pastor Edgar preaching tonight at 6 o'clock. That was six months ago. A lot of things have happened in six months. One of the staff members became a doctor. That's a scary thing. Love you, Rex. But I've been thinking while driving, gee, I'm supposed to have a nice vacation with my family, and I'm thinking of July 19th, 6 p.m. I've got to have my act together. 
So I pray, Lord, help me to get that away from my heart. I've got to have a good time with my family. So when I come back, I'll worry about that. Well, human nature, I got back here last Thursday. First thing I tried to do is weasel out of tonight. <laughs> but we have very persuasive staff members. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I had plan B. Nobody knew about it. Just in case they would say, okay, then, no, can't write. We have plan B. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord, help us. Look, I'm not trying to be funny. I feel very unworthy of being in front of you tonight. For I am a sinner saved by grace like any of you. And the truth is that I am an ignorant man with a little bit of talent. In the, and I'm just trying to fulfill what God has called me to do. And so in my journey of going south with my family and thinking about you and thinking about me, I, I have thought of our journey as Grace Point. Some of the things that I have, I have thought about, I've written them down because I can, go, I, can, I can tell you all kinds of stories, but I will not do that. I want to be a good steward of our time. I've been thinking of some of the habits that we have. And I observe that we are a very comfortable church. And when I say that we are a very comfortable church, I'm not talking necessarily of Grace Point. I am talking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ overall. I've been in two, three different churches in the past two weeks and and, and observed how they worship and how they come into God's presence or seem to come into God's presence, but they really don't. And I've been thinking of how we look for that recharge, how we look for that boost, so in order when we leave, we can have a good week. And we come to this place, which is a safe place. We actually name this room a sanctuary, because a sanctuary implies safety. In this room, we are protected. We even have gone to the lengths to provide furniture in the form of altars. So when we come to God's presence... We can just lay it all out and the Lord will take care of our needs. That's why this, is, this place is called a sanctuary. Here we feel safe and secure from all alarm. And a music pastor would say that. You know, we have been conditioned by our culture and our surroundings that something needs to happen to me. You have to do something for me. And we come to church and so... When we come, something needs to happen so when I leave, I can take this thing with me so I can make it for the rest of the week. While I I have been driving and thinking of how can I even get away from preaching tonight, I've been working in my mind different scenes. Oh, you know what? I just could sit at the piano because I can sing to you for two hours here, no problem. And that would be an easy way out. And I've been asking the Lord, show me, if, if I am to speak to these people tonight, what is it that, that, that I can show them that would have value to them for the rest of the week? No joke. As, as soon as I thought this, I was driving 70 miles per hour, I overcome this semi. And it's a covenant truck, whatever that... Have you seen those covenant trucks? I'm overcoming this guy. And there is a huge Y in the back of the truck. 
and it's a highway in a form of a Y. On the top left side says life, on the top of the right side says sin. And in parentheses, which way are you going? And at the bottom of that thing, it was the scripture of Joshua 25, 15. We can place that now daily if we can. Do you say 24, 15? Yeah, okay. And as soon as I seen that, I thought, that's what I'm going to be talking about. Joshua is talking to his people, and he is saying, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable, and I've been thinking about that word, undesirable, I look at this Thetharos thing. Is that what you call it? You know, it's your language. It's kind of a funny thing. And I have come with a number of words that are synonymous to undesirable. I have come up with the name abominable, annoying. But if serving the Lord seems annoying, but if serving the Lord seems bothersome, defective, disagreeable, disliked, displeasing, distasteful, icky. (laughs) If serving the Lord seems scorned, to be avoided, troublesome. You think sometimes we read God's word, and because the verbiage of the word is so high up here, and we are down here, that we cannot actually comprehend what the word of God says. That's why so many authors in the Bible use repetition. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I hear sometimes people complaining, why do we sing that song? It repeats so many times, repeats so many times. Because we don't get it. And when we repeat it, repeat it, sometimes we get it. There is not a word so holy to describe God that we use the simple word holy to repeat, to repeat, in order to get a simple, minute grasp of who God is. So going back to the scripture, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. This is what Joshua is saying. Whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river, in biblical times we're talking about the one river, and that is the river Euphrates in today's Iraq. The Tigris, the Euphrates, you know the Mesopotamia, which was big in those days, so that's what we're talking about. The river is the Euphrates. The gods of the Amorites, who were the Amorites? In biblical times, those of you who are pastors and are biblical scholars, if I miss it, you are welcome to raise your hand and we'll, we'll fix that, okay? But in biblical times... Anyone that was not part of the people of God, they were an Amorite. Okay? And so, the gods of the Amorite, in whose land you are living, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And as I read that, I started to think about you and me. I've been been thinking about the different churches of Fort Wayne. I've been thinking about our music, and I've been thinking about our preaching. I've been thinking that our music is not for the Lord. I've been thinking that our music is for ourselves. For the Lord looks at the heart. I don't think the Lord cares whether we sing contemporary songs with a band, or we sing four-part harmony with an organ and orchestra. This, this is what pleases the people. Well, when the people come together to focus on the glory of God, this is what draws us all, to, all together. Music is an expression of our soul. Music is an expression of who we are. 
I want to praise God tonight for these young people here. You know, we live in a society where me itself, and you see a lot of these young guys going for themselves because there is great attraction to fame and money. And I watch our kids, Drew, I watch you leading them to the throne of God. And I praise the Lord for people like you. Because this is what this is all about. I've been thinking of how our behavior to fit in the crowd, to fit in the current of who we are as Christians. We mix the ungodly and the godly all together. And people, please understand, I'm not pointing a finger at you. I'm saying this is who we are as a people. We follow the crowd, and when you follow the crowd, indeed, you will be honored. But you, when you stand up and you take the stance for Christ, you will be shunned in our, in our society. You will be shunned, and honor will be taken away from you. Joshua and Caleb stood up for God despite being our number two to two million. In Numbers chapter 14, Joshua and Caleb, it says that they were among those who had explored the land, they tore their clothes and said to the entire assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. <laughs> Do not be afraid of the people of the land, because they will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. When the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of their meeting to all the Israelites, like godly men, Joshua developed the habit of standing up for what he believed in all God's creation. Man is the only thing that stands up. Like many Christians today, Jews of Joshua time were comfortable serving both Jehovah and the idols. And on the Sabbath and during the Jewish holidays, they served Jehovah. But as soon as they had needs, as soon as they were under the pressure, they had to conform to the pressure of their society, they returned back to their idols. And this is when Joshua came to take action. <clears throat> the people were ashamed by Joshua's rebuke and declared their loyalty to God. Joshua's testimony encouraged the Jews to turn from compromise to faithfulness and help Israel to be faithful for many years thereafter. You see, when we live according to his word, we encourage weaker Christians to do the same. I've been sitting there tonight in the dark watching us worship. And this blessed me. I've been watching these guys just enter into God's presence and surrendering completely, raising their hands and you can just feel their soul praising God. And I watched little Caleb Wright. He raised, he was watching. He has been influenced of what he has seen. And he raised both of his little hands. That boy is probably three years old. He has no idea what that means. Faith as a child. That blessed me. When we are regular in serving God, 
we enjoy our service more. Those who are regular in evangelism find joy in their fellowship and service as they evangelize. But those who are irregular in serving God never really fit into the church and seldom find satisfaction in his activities. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is good, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. This is what Elijah said to these miserable people, for they could not make up their mind. I've been thinking about all of this, and there's more thoughts. So you might, I know that you're going to think that I am an ADD tonight, which is actually the truth. <laughs> because I cannot stop in one point and go tra- trajectory to another point. I am I'm like a river in the U.S. It goes all over the place. <laughs> all of this I'm thinking while I'm driving, okay? I've been thinking of our young people. I've been thinking of you guys that are in 7th, 8th, ninth grade. I've been thinking those of you that are in high school. I've been thinking of you guys that are in college. Those of you that are young adults. I've been thinking of those of you that are looking for a husband. And those of you that are looking for a wife. I've been thinking those of you that already have a wife and a husband and are unhappy. I've been thinking of those of you that have a husband or a wife and are very happy and are a great example here in the church. While thinking about you, I thought of Lot and Abraham. It's amazing how one little visual thing will have such an impact in your life. Do you remember I told you the why those two highways in the back of the truck? I can still see that. And I've been thinking of Lot and Abraham. As I've been thinking of you. In Genesis 14, when parting ways from each other, because, you know, that was a big tribe. They had many animals, many wives, huge people. And they just couldn't live together. They had to part ways. Lot chose what looked good to the immediate eye. Soon after that, Lot has, because of his choice, where he went, he has experienced war. And he experienced kidnapping. He also, had found out, he also found out firsthand the oppression and torment that the ungodly people of Sodom and Gomorrah brought to him. A simple choice as that and brought all of that consequence to him. Not only him, all of his people, all of his animals. In Second Peter chapter 2 we read that And if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men. For that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. So as a result of poor choices, Lot also experienced loss of all his possessions. The death of his wife and the incest with his two daughters. Do you recall that? I've been thinking of King David. Well, King David got a little bit excited. And he chose to commit adultery with Bathsheba. And as a result of that, he suffered a great deal. In 2 Samuel chapters 12 and 13, we see that he lost an infant son. One of his daughters was molested by her half-brother. 
That same son killed her. That same son killed by her vengeful brother. A rebellion led by that son who ashamed King David publicly. Whose death later on brought even more grief, grief to King David's. It's amazing. Some choices affect us. Not only us, but the people around us for the rest of our lives. So I've been thinking of some of these choices for us that are young, and for some of us that are older. <laughs> you know that the world is not what it used to be. I would say to you, pursue education at any cost. And inform yourself of what's out there available for you. The implications for us is that our job market in in our culture is constantly changing. One wrong choice could lead to financial ruin, ruin. And if you're married, one wrong choice could even cost you your marriage and your family and even your service to God. But in Matthew 6:33, we read, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Amen? I want to say to you, in your choice to succeed, if you ignore God and making money is a primary factor in your decision, distraction will follow. That's not my opinion. That's what the Word of God says. First Timothy chapter 6. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from their faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I'm looking at you and some of you are smiling. Is that... Say something? Is that good? You're smiling to me. Some of you are just looking at me. So I'm trying to read you. Maybe I should put this away and just talk to you. You know, some of you will get married one of these days. And I know some of you are dating. That's an exciting time. And I want to talk to you about choosing a mate. I've been thinking of this while I'm driving. For when you choose a spouse for life, it will determine, to a great extent, the degree of your happiness and the people around you. For Proverbs 12 says, A wife of noble character is the husband's crown, but the disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. This choice will have a permanent bearing on your children and their emotional well-being. Yeah, you might say, you know, if I just marry wrong, with time I just can divorce. That's what, that's what culture is telling you. One thing is undeniable, though. If you have children, two things will not change. The person that you're going to marry is the wife of, is the mother of those children, and you are the father. Those things will never change. In Malachi 2.16, God says, I hate divorce, says the Lord God of Israel. And I hate men's covering himself with violence as with his garment. 
So guard yourselves in spirit and do not break faith. Once you have children, there is no way to reverse the choice you made as who the parents are. Your children are greatly affected by the violence of divorce. Bless you. Oh my gosh, it is 7.05. I'm telling you, I'm an ADD. All right, I got to cut my sermon in half here. Look, wow. Very good. We're going somewhere. <laughs> May I, please? I'm finally loosening up. I feel comfortable. I'm at home. All right. Remember the why I was telling you about the truck? Choosing life. Choosing life or choosing sin. If you choose to follow Jesus, will you choose to become a disciple? Two different things. Or will you choose to refuse to accept His gracious gracious offer of salvation? Often in funerals, I hear Matthew 11, uh, verses 28 and 30. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. You know what? Don't wait for a funeral for somebody to read that scripture. For this one decision that you will take if you decide to follow the Lord. It will affect your entire life and it will affect every other decision that you make. And folks, this is not just for this side. This is maybe for this section and this section for I know that there are people that have come to church for years and decades and have yet to profess the name of the Lord. Somewhere in here. Well, yeah. Hallelujah. Matthew Still in chapter 28, verses 18 and 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. For you make this decision to follow the Lord. And if you become a disciple, there is a responsibility that comes. And that's Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. I know that this is boring. Because I can just tell now some of the things. This, okay, I lost my luster. And I'm telling you the word of God. And it's not exciting anymore. I can just tell about your body language. Some of you are texting. Some of you are writing. It's okay. It's not my word. This is what the Lord says. I'm just here to convey. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So what do we do with all of this? What do I do? What? We woke out of here now tonight. What? This... Pastor Edgar with his accent, and I didn't even understand half of what the guy said. (laughs) Now I go back to my world. What does this all mean for me? I can hope that you could take one thing, wherever you are in your journey, for all of us are at different stages in our journey. If you lack wisdom, go to the Lord and ask for wisdom. For you know, we have a great wealth of information and knowledge, but unfortunately, little wisdom. 
And in James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, go to the Lord and ask. He will give generously. And it will be given to you. Asking for the Lord for wisdom, it takes diligence. And I've been going back and forth looking at the word diligence. Diligence means alertness, carefulness, attentiveness. It takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. I have prepared three videos for us tonight. And I know that we're busy people. And I know that we have to go. Some of us have family activities. I want to play those three videos. And you are welcome to stay or go. And the videos are in the same sequence of my message. It's an ADD message. But at some point, I know one of these things you will identify with. And so if you just want to stay and relax and listen to the music and sing along, linger in the Lord's presence, you know, our world is a world filled with noise. There is always something happening. It's a bombardment of... There is difficult for us to sit and linger in God's presence. It's just to soak and receive. That's difficult for us. My wife always says, What's wrong with you? You can't stay quiet. I'm ADD. That calls my attention. And this calls my attention. Huh? You know what I'm talking about, right? So I want us to quiet down tonight. If you need to leave, leave quietly. I want to lower the lights. And just play the video and let's soak in the Lord's presence. And so, at whatever time you feel right, you're, it's okay to leave. And as you go home tonight, may the Lord bless you. May he guide you through this week. May the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart be pleasing unto him. For you are his creation. You are his child. You are his masterpiece. And so am I. So as we go home, but as we linger, let's just have a good time and linger in the Lord's presence. You can lower all the lights if you want to.